Let it ride a little bit, Rowdy. That's for you. Matt LaFleur. Joel Berry. And the Green Bay Packers as a whole. Boo! Boo these men! And the worst part about it is we didn't get like a full week to totally, um, you know, enthrall ourselves and wrap ourselves like a warm blanket with that Cowboys victory. I feel like we got cheated out of another victory uh, over the great game that was the Dallas Cowboys. You roll that into Thursday Night Football and it is an absolute stinker. 27 to 17. You, Green Bay Packers, suck. Hey, Rowdy, good morning. (laughs) You stink. Yeah, good morning. So after watching that game against the Titans last night, some people have to lose their job, right? Uh, Yes. The the mob, Rowdy, is fickle, right? The mob demands blood. The mob demands a sacrifice to the great cheesehead in the sky. Who is it going to be? Like how many many times do you have to hear Matt LaFleur go up to the podium and (laughs) and basically say, well, we're not going to make any changes here, or, well, actually, we're not going to make any changes there. I mean, you got rid of Amari Rodgers after a win. You beat the Cowboys, and then you got rid of Amari Rodgers after a win. After a loss, the way you lost, someone's got. There's got to be a sacrifice. And what about what about all of like the emotional attachment to Amari Rodgers that we've seen in the last week after he got cut from like players talking they about it, coaches gone. talking oh, about it, him. some of the fans talking about oh, it. Amari. Here's the thing. Amari Rogers was a top 100 pick. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be an impact player. He never caught on and and really was used in a route tree for the playbook offensively. Hey, good luck in Houston Texans. He never caught on as a punt and kick returner because of his fumbles. Why do people feel bad for him? He sucked at his job. I don't, I never understand. It's the same thing here with some of these other people. I I don't feel bad for you. You stink. It's time to replace you. So Rowdy, who's public enemy? I mean, it's Matt LaFleur is not going to be fired. Obviously it's got to be Joe Barry. If I was in charge of the Packers, Joe Barry was gone last night. And if they don't make the playoffs and turn it around, Matt LaFleur is gone at the end of the season. Matt LaFleur, uh, here's what you're getting with Matt LaFleur. A peek into what it's going to be like when Aaron Rodgers officially retires with the Green Bay Packers. This is what Matt LaFleur is. A guy who literally just ran off the coattails of an MVP Hall of Famer Rodgers. So he stinks. LaFleur. What are you doing? Finally. Joe Barry, you suck too. Him and Rich Passaccia decide to kick Amari Rodgers to the curb, right? Yeah. Holy Lord, is Key, is Keyshawn Nixon better back there than Amari Rogers was? Mm-hmm. How did they not know? How no how idea. did we have to go through 10, 11 weeks of Amari Rogers this season when all of a sudden Keyshawn Nixon was back there? Did he ever bobble a punt? No. No. Did he ever fumble last night? No. Did no. he have some pretty competent returns? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did it take you 10, 11 weeks to finally make the change? I think I know. It's the same thing with the defensive scheme and Joe Barry. Matt LaFleur, you are the head coach. Do something. You you have to say something. You are the one that has final say. Dude. Did you? Were, That's we, why I say Joe Barry's out today yeah. or last night. And if Lafleur 
doesn't make the playoffs with this roster that was given to him. That is actually a pretty decent roster, but because of scheme and whatever you want to call it, isn't playing up to the level that it is. If you do not make it to the postseason after we can Joe Barry, your ass is next. Your ass is you failed. So Rowdy, I mean, you, uh, yeah, you said this tweet to the DM group that we have. Uh, even remember Demarius Randall. Demarius Randall, former. When I saw that, I laughed. He tweeted out, "Packers really run zone coverage every play now." Dot dot dot. And then you go and you look at Twitter, you see the tweet, then you go back and watch the Packer game. There is so much room for these nobody wide receivers on the Tennessee Titans that's giving all the room in the world of the zone coverage to dink and dunk down the field, and all of a sudden, boom, they'll hit a big one, and they're down in you know, you know the red zone and ready to score for the millionth time. Uh, Demarius Randall is like, wow, the Packers really run zone coverage every play now. Dot, 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 dot. Joe Barry, as you're getting torched relentlessly by Ryan Tannehill in the cold and the snow with, again, these receivers that are like, in fact, the passing offense for the Tennessee Titans coming into that game was 31st in the league. There's 32 teams. They were second to last. They looked like they were the air assault offense of freaking what? Eddie George and effing. Sorry, Rowdy. I'm getting a little worked up. As we should. This is stupid. Rowdy. Joe Barry's got to go. He's got to go. He's terrible. He's awful. How do you not? How do you not change your uh, the game plan? Well, we know LaFleur doesn't do that either. Yeah. Like one of the biggest takeaways for me watching the two different defenses. It was hilarious. And the reason why was. We know that Tennessee had a good, solid defense. Their front seven was actually really good. We also know that their secondary and defense was beat up going into that game. Amani, uh, Amani Hooker, a really good safety, out. Lonnie Jackson, a solid cornerback, out. Bud Dupree, a solid edge rusher, out. Those were three pretty big-time players for Tennessee defense. They were out, but... What you noticed when Green Bay was on offense, when the defense for Tennessee would line up, did you not notice that the Tennessee corners, because we talked about it with Mike Clemens, they talked about it on the broadcast, this Tennessee defense plays like Mike Brable wants them to play. Tough, physical, like in your face. Yeah, attitude. Every single time when the Green Bay Packers lined up, Tennessee Titans corners were lined up in press man coverage or when they were sagging off and, and giving the receivers some cushion, it was like five yards. Yeah. When you flip that and all of a sudden Tennessee was on offense and Green Bay was on defense, almost every single time you couldn't even see the Green Bay corners in the picture. No, they were even there. Were, because they were giving so much cushion. They were like giving 10 plus yards of cushion. They weren't on your TV picture. No. They were out of the picture. How can you give that much cushion? And Robert they keep Woods, doing it. Robert Woods is coming off of an ACL from like a year ago. Plus, he's a guy that's like 30 years old. Six catches for 69 yards, Rowdy. Traylon Burks hasn't been healthy this year as a rookie and hasn't had a ton of success. Seven catches for 111 yards. Austin Hooper has been forgot about. Remember, what, three, four, five years ago, he was a relevant fantasy fantasy tight end in Atlanta and then signed that big deal to go to Cleveland. Remember we wanted the Packers to get him. And then he disappeared in Cleveland. 
and he hasn't resurfaced in, in Tennessee, I guess, until last night. Four catches, 36 yards, and two touchdowns. It, it's really... It's mind-boggling. It's a, it's a very interesting collection of talent when it comes to the receiver and tight end position in Tennessee, and some would say it's, it's got a, not a ton of it. Dude. Yet they looked amazing. And, and now Ryan Tannehill made some nice throws, but Ryan Tannehill had a ton of wide open throws. Yeah. Okay. Again, the Tennessee Titans offense passing wise, the 31st ranked passing offense in the league. They finished the game with 337 yards and three passing touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Now, one of those is from Derrick Henry's little jumping throw over the line but oh my god i thought actually if we're gonna talk about positives because we've been bitching for the first 10 minutes <laughs> no, we're, bitching, no, we're bitching for four my, hours today my positive was <laughs> i thought the green bay front seven yeah. played decently well i mean yeah derrick henry only had 87 yards yeah derrick henry was limited to less than 90 it was what about three yards a carry yeah i thought they did their job on derrick henry yeah they did it well now the secondary Oof. I'm not even going to blame Oof. Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, and some of those guys. It was obviously the scheme. You don't think that Jair Alexander, the guy that says, eh, listen here, little boy, that guy doesn't want to get up in a receiver's face and play some press man coverage. We've seen Jair Alexander excel playing press man coverage over the last few years. Why they're not having him do it. Clearly, if he had his choice, he's probably going to be close to the line of scrimmage, oh, not 10 to 12 yeah, yards back. No this, this isn't on Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas when he, they're he not even in the picture ball, yeah. when you line up to run a play. This is clearly the scheme and clearly the defensive coordinator and their coaching. Uh, it is, it's obvious. It's like beyond obvious. And, and then how you got come, bumbling Matt LaFleur lets it happen. How come last year we saw a lot of man coverage. We saw a lot of Rasul Douglas and Jay Alexander up up in these receivers grills. And now all of a sudden this season Get when hot. randomly they've been struggling, they're not doing it. No. They're playing a ton of zone and not as much man. And we said all yesterday and basically all week, "Hey, you have to make Ryan Tannehill beat you. You cannot let Derrick Henry just run it right down your throat." And for the most part, Green Bay didn't allow Derrick Henry to really get then, rumbling. Then they let Ryan Tannehill carve they them let, up. They let Ryan Tannehill beat them, but they it's not even that they they got beat by Ryan Tannehill. They let him they yeah, let yeah, him, they let him dink and dunk and then hit some bombs. I'm getting sweaty like, and pissed, Rowdy. I've never seen so many wide open wide receivers sweaty on third down conversions. How many times on third down was his wide receiver running wide oh, open? Or if they were like it was third down and seven or something, they'd have like a 10-yard cushion, and he just hit him. He's all right, here you go. Here's the ball. And then they go run for a first down. And then off they would go. I mean, how many times did the Tennessee Titans just drive down the field at will because of Ryan Tannehill dinking and dunking? And there's, there's something to be said about playing zone coverage versus man coverage. Like, there's different reasons for that. But, like, just just look at some of the, in the past, some of the really, really good zone coverage corners where you're like, man, that guy was really good. I wouldn't throw at him. Richard Sherman was one. Yeah. Now, on the flip side... Who was like a really good guy in that same era that played press man that would like D you up? That was Patrick Peterson. Peterson, the man. Rasul Douglas and Jair Alexander 
play way more like Patrick Peterson than in a zone like Richard Sherman. Why you're trying to all of a sudden turn them into zone guys, I don't understand it. Especially when you look at all of their strengths. Jair Alexander's best strength, one-on-one. Russell Douglas' best strength, one-on-one. Eric Stokes, best strength, one on one. Darnell Savage, best strength in the in the nickel as a slot or in the slot as a nickel, one on one. Nope, we're running zone. But you're running zone, and you have been the entire year, Don't and you, your defense hasn't been that good. Brody, you, a smart coach would understand that you play to your strengths. Joe Barry does not play to any strengths, wouldn't and you Matt say, LaFleur allows it to happen week in and week out. Wouldn't you say that if you were playing the same scheme for roughly half of a season, and it really hasn't been successful, but you really thought that this was this was going to be the thing that put your defense over the edge, mm-hmm. but you watched it play out for roughly half a season, and your defense has been worse on paper, and it's it's mainly been worse in the secondary, wouldn't you say, man, how about for just one game or one series or or even just one play, we go back to doing what we were doing. Right. But they haven't. Right. And, they, and they've and they been so stubborn that they won't change. Joe, it's uh, like, we're actually so smart. We came up with this game plan. <laughs> we refuse to change what we did because, you know what, we're smart. We know what we're doing, even though it's clearly not working. But they're too bullheaded to change it. And Rowdy, it doesn't take a genius to what? Have a good idea. And Matt, and like you said, Matt LaFleur he allows it is to the happen. one that is is letting him it's like, okay. continue to play zone without correcting him or saying, no, we're playing man. You're the head coach. I don't give a damn if you call if you call offensive plays. You are still the head coach yeah. that's in it's, charge of everybody. Like, if something's broken, tell him to fix it's it. It's like you go out and you see this little kid, this little kid who's a little snot-nosed, bratty little kid who's just like hitting, hitting other people, you know, just flipping his toys over, making making a mess, you know, not doing anything that he's told. It's like, okay, well, is this the kid's fault or is it the parent's fault for allowing it to happen? Well, in this sense, the little kid who's a little snot-nosed idiot is Joe Barry. Eventually, you got to stop blaming the kid, and you got to look at the parent and be like, yo, it's time to teach your kid or learn your kid a little respect. And you know who the parent is in this situation? It's Matt LaFleur, who is the total hands-off, I don't give a crap, I'm going to let my little snot-nosed bratty kid run around like uh, and cause a muck. That's Matt so, LaFleur. He's the, he's the parent. He's the bad parent. And and Matt LaFleur, that's why I said to begin the show, if I have someone has to lose their job yesterday or today. Matt, well, Looks uh, like the kid's going to boarding school. Matt already. LaFleur is the guy that... He he tears up when he's got to cut somebody. He tears up when he's talking in the locker room. He tears up when he's to losing. Me, to me, Matt LaFleur is a is a really nice, innovative mind that can sit in the corner and draw up plays. Matt LaFleur, to me, is not a leader of men. No. He's no. not a leader of men. He's not. And if he's not going to be one, you are going to have to be... You're going to have to find coaches that would step up... Joe Barry has sucked at every single spot he's been in. He was terrible in Detroit. He was terrible in he Washington. He in Detroit. He started the season last year terrible, and he's been terrible this year. I would say out of the three main coaches that you have, obviously being Matt LaFleur, the head coach slash OC, you have defensive coordinator Joe Barry and special teamer Rich Basaccia. The one clear leader of men out of those three is Rich Basaccia. And honestly, when you think about offense, defense, special teams, and how the Green Bay Packers over the last two decades have uh, kind of ranked those in importance. 
Special teams is last. Yeah. Even though that Rich Passaccia is a guy that took a team in in Las Vegas that was in turmoil after all the John Gruden emails came out, <laughs> and he turned that team around. They made it to the po- the playoffs. Yeah, that team ain't making Rich it to Passaccia the playoffs is this competent. year. He's com- he was he's been in the league like twenty years almost. No, I'm competent. actually not saying to hey, you know what, fire the floor right now. Let's bring in Rich Passaccia. You know, he's got the experience. He, he's already there on staff. No, no, no. I'm firing Joe Barry now. He's gone. I can find anybody that can sit there and play zone every play and and get picked apart. But if this Packers roster in this division with how the season played out in the NFC with no good teams, really, if Matt LaFleur does not make the playoffs, (laughs) he's gone. Yeah, that's not going to happen, but I would love to see it. Because how can you not well, take got, this roster to the postseason? You've got, what, three years in a row of 16, 17 wins, and then you have NFC North champions, and then you're in the NFC championship game. Uh, you have Matt LaFleur has a couple years built up of good faith. He's, he will be allowed to bounce back. And do I think he's a good coach moving forward without Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't think so. But, I mean, Rob Reichel said this before, Rowdy. Matt LaFleur has a good faith built up uh, and with you know the why, And you know why you say that? For one reason, one reason only. Because it's the Green Bay Packers. There are other franchises that if all of a sudden a coach would have a bad year and it looks like he might lost the locker room, did it not look like some of the guys were quitting yesterday? Did it like Alan Lazard, like, Sammy Watkins, the, or or the, towards the end the there, defense of the Preston, whole, Preston, Preston Smith's Smith. effort and making tackles, or some of the efforts on defense towards the end to make a play, yep. some of the effort running routes by oh, some of the they, receivers, they all quit. I never questioned that this Green Bay Packer team had quit until some of those plays last night, and you go, man, this looks like a team that yeah. might be quitting. But what I'm getting at here is with the the organization in Green Bay, there are other. There are other organizations that, you know what? You don't get all this time. You're gone. And I think, actually, the fact that you said, hey, you know it's the Packers. Matt LaFleur has earned some years here to struggle. Three years of 13 and 3 or 13 and 4. I think some of the issues with the Green Bay Packers can go back to the fact that, and this is what we talk about all the time, is like a thing of pride. But in a situation like this, an issue for the Packers is that they don't have an owner. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's people have been talking about that for a they, couple weeks it now. It takes them forever to pivot and move yeah, on board. different stuff because they have a board, because they have Mark Murphy, yeah. and they have to go through all these things. It's very slow moving. If you had an owner in this situation and he wasn't happy with the defense, Joe yeah. Barry's already gone. Sire. Matt LaFleur, if you don't fix it, you'll be gone too. That's what the owner can say. <laughs> we have a lot to get into today, and it's, I mean, we're not done bitching. It's, I mean, we're here until 10 o'clock. We will pepper in some good stuff. Like Christian Watson, I mean, the future looks bright for him, um, as long as he can stay healthy. So there's that. We'll end on a positive note right there. We got Gone in 60 coming up. He's caught the national headlines. I will go back a couple weeks ago of what one Joe Barry said about his defensive scheme, Rowdy, uh, to, to pinpoint more reason why Matt LaFleur's an idiot and Joe Barry should be fired. The Packers, I mean, they're not done, but they're done. Dave Esler, pregame.com, our gamble to the stars. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Evo? I'm doing better now, Dave. You know, I was... Okay. You are the ray of sunshine in my dark and dreary life right now, so it's... it's uh, and you're from Florida, so I mean, you're in Florida, so hence the sunshine. Dave, the Packers suck. They stink. Yeah. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just talking to Rowdy off air. And they remind me of the Patriots in the last year of Brady's tenure when they didn't have any receivers and 
still try to kind of run the same plays as they did when they had players that could execute them. It was painful to watch. So, you know, I feel your anguish, buddy. So is Rodgers going to go elsewhere and win the Super Bowl then? Um. I don't know. That would, that would hurt even more. It sounds like to me, Dave. Yeah, that, 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 that was pretty painful, I have to admit. <laughs> it sounds like to me if, if, if they're really, everyone's throwing them in the trash, give it a couple weeks and it might be a team we want to bet on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's cyclical. That's absolute. I mean, eventually they'll get too many points and they'll, they'll have that one game. So being the, somebody, being the Packer that, fan... I, you know, haven't really hardly bet on the Packers all year. The time where we attack the Packers is when they are terrible. I, I don't disagree because then they get points based on the fact that they're the Packers. God. <laughs> well, they're terrible. So get ready for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles coming up here uh, in Philly. Dave, looking at the NFL, though, what are you stiffing out for us? You got something? You got a little little nugget? I nugget. I, I think my favorite bet of the week is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers for the first half over the Kansas City Chiefs because they, they, you know it's a division game. They know each other well. You know, I, I mean, you guys found that out when the Packers played the Lions not too long ago, <laughs> and, and and they tend to be lower scoring. And you know that the uh, reason I like them for the first half more than the game is. Sunday night, their defense was was on the field for 37 minutes, and I, I don't know about chasing around the Chiefs wide receivers for uh, an entire game. And, you know, the, for all the sort of negative connotations about the Chargers and, and maybe underachieving, you know, they're still 5-4. and four, They're still in a playoff race. They're still 6-3 and three against the spread. So uh, that would probably be one of my... One of my one of my bets I would put part of my mortgage on. One of your nugs, your dank nugs, Dave. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. My 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 money from the over in that game last night. <laughs> hey, hey, Dave. Um, Rowdy is. Uh, I mean, connection of Russell Wilson. He was here for a year, and now he's going Broncos country. Let's ride. He said his favorite bet was Broncos over the Raiders. What'd you get at Rowdy? Was it two? Yeah, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, it's kind of the lesser of two evils. I mean... Raiders are terrible. Wow. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, and and the Raiders beat the Broncos, I think, in week one. So if Denver is playing with any modicum of pride, uh, it, you know, it's in the altitude, which is always a big bonus. And I think my, my take on that, you know, I don't necessarily like laying two and a half points in what... Well, I think maybe the first team to 14 wins, or maybe maybe 10. Um, but I I could never take Las Vegas in that. I mean, it's a matter of the 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 least the least effed up team there would be Denver. <laughs> uh, Dave, before we go to a little college picks here, um, what about your Patriots? Are they really three and a half point favorites over the Jets? Yeah, I mean that's a tough one. Um, I I wouldn't touch that game. So, Dave, actually, I, now that I'm remembering this. Remember, we had a head-to-head bet. I was on the <gasps> Patriots. You were on the Jets when it was in New York, and I believe the line was right around three and a half then as well. Now this is New England is favored at home by the same exact. Uh, I think it is the same exact spread because I, I think they were three and a half point favorite right. at home, and now they're three and a half point favorite. You guys doing it again? Want to go? I, well, I just feel like. In this one, it would have to be Pats or Pass because you would be getting that additional home field bump. 
I don't I don't really see this Pats team being that much worse than where they were three, four weeks ago, and I don't think the Jets are that much better. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but unfortunately, and the reason you get that number is the Jets have played better, if you will, or they've gotten the attention from the talking heads that they're an up-and-coming team, and that's all it takes to, to put a point spread maybe in the direction it shouldn't go. I mean, I, I don't like that half point. I would prefer it be three. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah. it's still Belichick. It's still Belichick against a really young quarterback at home. So I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I think this is one that I give out because now that I think about it, if I remember correctly, this is when the, the Patriots haven't lost in overtime or haven't lost in regulation to the Jets since 2011 and they hadn't lost at all since 2015. And Belichick just completely dominates the Jets. Yeah, but I mean, and that's true, but. I mean, they pretty much dominated the AFC East for <laughs> fifteen or twenty years. So yeah. I don't know that, that I don't know that that's the outlier. I mean, they, they have a, they had a similar record against the Bills. I think probably the bigger yeah. issue is that uh, Zach Wilson absolutely stinks. If you can get after the quarterback, and that's been shown yeah, with the metrics, and and Judon is going to eat him alive. I don't disagree with that at all. So the issue I, here, yeah, dude. No, yeah, I agree with you. Hey, I mean, it's sad. It's scary that we agree. I, I Sometimes it is a little scary when you guys, you know, have the meeting of the minds here. Dave, college-wise, I know you're Mister SEC. Okay, if you be be so kind, any inklings on Wisconsin and Lincoln to take on Nebraska as the Bucky's favorite by ten and a half? Um, you don't have. You know, I mean, you could just go some other game if you'd like. No, it's fine. I mean, I, I would pass that game. I mean. I actually do like a lot of college teams in their last home game. I mean, if there's ever going to be a time when they're going to go ahead and and show up, it would be senior day in their last home game. Now, having said that, seeing as how it is Nebraska, <laughs> I would I would be inclined to maybe take them for the first half because you know I think they could maybe come out with a little energy. Yeah, but I think in the second half of those games, especially the teams that are not very good. Um, like Nebraska, they'll go ahead and throw out um, the water boy and give him playing time. So, you know, that's where that's where Wisconsin may make their hay. I mean, no disrespect, but well, hey, if it's I Bobby mean, Boucher, then Nebraska's going to win if they have a Bobby Boucher. Yeah, but they, you know, they've been playing a little tougher for Mickey Joseph. I mean, but you know, they're not going to go from from pathetic to really good, in, you know, overnight. So, True. You know, well, I'll, I'll take the I'll take Nebraska for the first half and. I think I'll remind you that I think Rowdy and I were on opposite sides of that game against Iowa last week. Oh, uh, unbelievable. You, you just keep kicking me when I'm down, Dave. You got the Iowa dig there. You got the Packers dig. That's fine. Give us your SEC love. What do you got? What else you got cooking for us, Dave? Give us a little nugget um, in college. You know, nothing really. I mean, and I, I think that <laughs> I think that SpongeBob there and I probably disagree <laughs> on, this, on this game, but the only SEC game um, – well, actually, I, I like a couple. Like you know, Rowdy likes Auburn. I I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Western Kentucky. Um, I I I'm a little leery of it, and, and the reason I'm gonna do it is the market. I mean, the market is all over Western Kentucky, and and I'm gonna go ahead and agree with it. I mean, um, Auburn Auburn can't throw the ball. Period. So I mean, they're 123rd in the nation in completion percentage. So you know, I'm gonna. I'm going to bet that Western Kentucky can keep them contained. I think Auburn is 
you know, they're playing well under Cadillac Williams, but, you know, it's it's not a great spot for them because they, they have to play the Iron Bowl next week in Tuscaloosa, and even though they're probably going to get crushed, um, that's a big game. So I'm not sure they really care about beating the Hilltoppers that badly. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with Rowdy for argument's sake and bragging rights, and, and take take Western Kentucky. By the way, Cadillac isn't that a great nickname, Cadillac Williams? Dave, you strike me as a Cadillac guy. Are you cruising in a caddy? No, it's too big. Too, too, you don't like that boat out there? I mean, you're in Florida. I guess probably a boat on the water. Cadillac Williams. No, the roads are narrower down here. <laughs> He's rolling in the Honda Civic. You got a Civic? You, you don't got a Prius, uh, do you, Dave? Toyota, Toyota, Toyota Camry. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not a Prius guy, are you? No. Yeah. We like to run those off the road. They're always going like 10 miles per hour slower than everyone else. Some, some... Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Dave, it's snowing here. It's cold. It's supposed to be negative 9 with the wind chill tomorrow. Give us a – how's Florida looking, man? How, how are we living down there? Uh, well, it's chilly by my standards, absolutely. What is it, like 70? No, not even. Um, I wish. Um, it's probably going to be in the low 60s today. Yeah, you poor bastard, you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I'm it's gonna, like 26 I, right if, now. If I, if, I, if I play golf, I'm going to have to put on a long sleeve shirt. And really <laughs> oh, no. Really oh, God that. forbid. Oh, no. My apologies. It's 22 right now. <laughs> yeah, negative nine at the wind chill tomorrow, Dave. Come on. you know, come, come in Wisconsin. We'll go out and party. No, that's that, that definitely off the table. Uh, <laughs> That's what he did. They took that table out of the room. Did you call Nelson SpongeBob, by the way? Is that a new nickname? No, it just means you're square. Um, oh, you're, you're square. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, SpongeBob. That's what I call. That's what I call people that uh, do the are square. The need to, actually, he's not. I just like having fun. He, I, I actually, like it too. I was like, that's a nice little nickname. I don't think Nelly exactly. was a SpongeBob guy, though. So <laughs> he's, actually, he's actually quite sharp for a whippersnapper. <laughs> Dave, he has, he has potential. Put it this way: if I knew what he knows at his age, I would uh, I would be retired for sure. Well, aren't you like? Aren't you retired? Like, isn't that what you like? You go golf every day. <laughs> When you golf every day, is that being retired? I, I can't, but then, but then I'll lose all my money because I won't be thorough. <laughs> I won't be thorough. I'll be good at I'll be good at golf, but I'll suck at gambling. Oh well, yeah, we we want you being sucky at golf and good at gambling. That's why you're on, Dave. Pregame.com, Dave underscore Essler E S S. Gotta find that happy medium. Yeah, exactly. You only you only shank it every once in a while, instead of all the time, you know. Pretty much. Dave, we love you, buddy. Have a good weekend. Happy gambling. You the man. Yeah. Love you guys, too. Talk to you next week. I'll, I'll try to send some of that negative nine your way, okay? See you, buddy. 60 degrees. Get out of here, Dave. Good thing we don't have hot mics during the commercial breaks, Rowdy. Hey, how do the boys really feel? Now come in the studio during the commercial breaks, and we'll tell you. Can't. The FCC exists, so, this, you know, when we get on air and say that, then we'll have one of jobs. Rowdy, as much PG as we can, do you have any... Who is public enemy number one for you right now? Like we've been having a lot of buckshot for the first forty minutes of the show. Who is it? Who's like the, who's number one? Who is number one in the crosshairs? Joe Barry is number one. Uh, Matt Lafleur is definitely number two because Matt Lafleur is the one that lets it all happen. He is supposed to be the leader. He is the head coach. He has final say over everything. It's his team. Yeah, and when Mark you Murphy? watch that defense struggle the way that it's struggled. 
and not correcting it or not even coming out in press conferences and say, yeah, we're going to take a look at it. We got to change something. But they're confident in their scheme and it hasn't worked. (laughs) I don't know how you can be confident in the scheme. We're watching the same. In fact, they have more videos and angles than we do at home. And they break down the tape. As soon as they're done with the game, they're already busting down tape. They got, you know, you know, little booger eaters ready to do it for them, too. How they have more access to film. Do you ever wonder yet still continue to do how it? the Packers always pull like for nearly two decades? They had a god awful special teams coach. Yeah. Like, how can you consistently hire a terrible special teams coach? Well, then when you go back and look, it was like, well, they had this guy, and then we hired somebody off of history, and then it was his guy. So, yeah, then it makes sense. But when you look at the, the Green Bay Packers on the defensive side of the football, how can we always come up with these retread coaches that are old or have been there and they weren't even great Dom Capers wasn't bad he just got too long there he aged out of the NFL his stuff aged out of the NFL like he was good at a time passed him by Joe Barry just was always bad he always was bad or same thing with Mike Pettin Mike Pettin was pretty solid bring him back as well but you you needed a change you got rid of him you felt like he was getting a McCarthy guy too and you, but when you hired somebody, you hired a retread and a worse retread than Joe Barry, and everyone was like, "What? what? Who?" And now he might have been the second or third option, but you had to go with him. But my bigger thing is, how could they not get a guy that all of a sudden was like a defensive mind somewhere, I don't get or it. like an up and comer? How can it. a team like the Green Bay Packers that have been so competitive for the last thirty years? never feel like they have a guy that's more on the come up than a guy on the decline. Yeah. How, when you write or when you're looking Especially at a resume defense or special teams. So if you remember correctly, when Jim Leonard uh, declined the job, he interviewed, like they had like five meetings and there was one, there's a couple in person. There was like a four hour one over a phone call, another one over zoom uh, that were for hours. And then obviously Jim Leonard declined it. But when you're looking at Joe Barry and you look at his resume, you're like, so, Joe, uh, tell me about your time with the Washington Redskins and how your te- defense was abysmal. And then tell me about this, Joe. What happened when you went 0-16 with the Detroit Lions? Does the man have, like, a, the silver tongue that he can talk his way out of anything? Well, how do you talk your way out of going 0-16? The Jim, the Jim Leonard hire would have been kind of what I was just talking about. Like, it, it's an up-and-comer. It's it's someone that yeah. seems like they know what they're doing. They have a lot of respect from people around the league. Sickening. It's somebody that's on an upward trajectory. And you can't do anything about it if he turns you down. That's going to happen. But what I'm getting at is Jim Leonard. Yeah, I like the guy. I think he should be the head coach at uh, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But what I'm getting at is Jim Leonard in the NFL to be a defensive coordinator. He's not one of one. There's a lot of other Jim Leonard's that are out there in the NFL ranks or in the college football ranks that if the Packers needed to hire a defensive coordinator would probably be close, in my opinion, to the same level as Jim Leonard. Now, do I think there's a hundred of them out there? No, No, but is there three or four of them? Probably could be. And look at, let's look at LaFleur, the guy that's the head coach right now. When he was in Washington, when he was in Washington, it was him, Shanahan. (sighs) It was McVay. None of them were the head coach. Nope. They were all on the same staff though. In fact, when LaFleur was on the offensive ten- offensive coordinator for Tennessee Titans, their offense got worse. Well, like, okay, look at the Chicago Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus. 
He was a he's a younger guy, a defensive DC coordinator the with the Colts. How come they can't find someone that's that's kind of like that to be their DC before they end up leaving? Like he, this is another thing. The Green Bay Packers, especially in the last 20 years, all of their DCs, like we said, are on a down downward trajectory. They're not going to be getting head coaching jobs anytime soon. If anything, it came from like Dom Capers, where they've already been a head coach, shown that they failed. Now he's back to DC, yeah. and now it's even looking like the, the league's passing by. Why can't they ever go out and find some of these defense or special team uh, coordinators that are on the come up that are actually only going to be there for two, three, four years before they become head coach. Well, the Packers do it offensively, you know, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. They do it offensively. Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getzey. so bad defensively and special teams wise. And that's probably the uh, reason why you haven't seen more Super Bowls in the last 30 years. Yeah, and that's why you've seen a good offense, right? But uh, I don't know if this offense is this year. It's terrible. Like but you've seen the boy but, wonders coming up on the scene offensively. Nathaniel Hackett was respected enough to get the Denver job. Yeah. Luke Getze was respected enough to get hired as an OC yeah, from a quarterbacks from, coach. Exactly. Yeah. Those guys are seen in the league and, and, held at a higher standard. And who are we getting for no defensive one, coordinator? A no, guy who went 0-16. What's Mo Drayton doing? Probably sitting on a couch somewhere. What, he's probably in the college ranks. What's Ron Zook doing? I, I, I think he's like a... He's a... He's a I think he was in the XFL. That's what I'm getting. Like, Dom, yeah. Dom Capers is... Uh, Ron Zook, uh, defensive coordinator of the Seattle Sea Dragons of the XFL. And they haven't even started playing football yet. <laughs> But what I'm oh, getting at Maurice is Drayton? Maurice Drayton. what Let's see Maurice Drayton. I don't know where he's at. I don't think he's employed. Uh, he's uh he's currently the assistant special teams coach for the Las Vegas Raiders and they suck. <laughs> They're terrible. So you have a guy that went from being a head special teams coach down to an assistant. That's definitely a demotion. You have uh, Ron Zook coaching XFL. XFL. That's even a demotion from college football. The Sea Dragons. Dragon D's nuts. Dom Capers is now what? Like an analyst and a, a consultant at it with a team? Uh, with the Broncos. He's a defensive analyst. He's only went down. Yep. Well, he's also like 80 years old. I get it, but still. <laughs> I mean, Mo Drayton's Wade, Wade Phillips was a D coordinator in, in Dallas not too long ago in his 70s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But what, I, what I'm getting at is like... They By the way, Wade no Phillips... One no one on that upward trajectory that's actually only, you know he's only going to be there for a finite set of time, but he's going to be good because he's wanted. Yeah, Wade phillips Rowdy, by the way, is the head coach of the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL. There you go. All right, so we got, what's the research? Because we have the research coming up. Yeah, so. Um, tease it a little bit. Yesterday when tease. we were talking about game plan scheme and what the Packers had to do, it was kind of the obvious. Stop Derrick Henry, make Ryan Tannehill beat you. Yes. For the most part, I think they did besides instead of making Ryan Tannehill beat you, you let Ryan Tannehill beat you. You gave him. There, yes. There's a little bit of a difference in nuance in in how it happened. Yep, you're spot on, Rowdy. But the other thing that I said was on paper, Green Bay should be able to pass on this team because they're banged up in the secondary and they still give up a lot of yards through the air. It's a really good front seven that gets after the quarterback and stops the run. But I think the Green Bay Packers will still have to establish the run because this team's not good enough to just throw the football all over. Here, one little thing from head coach uh, of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur or LaFraud, LaBum, LaDud. Maybe eventually LaFired. 
Here is LaFleur on the loss. Take a listen, Rowdy, about uh, his reaction here. To put on a performance like that, I just I don't even know what to say. Uh, there was nothing like a few days ago, um, and that's why you're only as good as your last game. And you got to every time you step out on that field, you got to go out and do it and give credit to the Titans. They came ready to play. They were they were obviously more physical, and they made a lot more plays than we made. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It's pathetic. What what you put out there. You bragged about sleeping on your couch after the Cowboys game in your office to get ready for Thursday Night Football, and whatever it is that you got ready for was absolutely terrible. You stink. I know there's something to be said about, you know, having the next best game plan and the next best scheme, right, when you're drawing stuff up. It's up to my coach. Like, a, you know exactly what you're doing on offense when you're you're scheming for teams and you come up with these great game plans and you're an innovative young mind, kind of like what Matt LaFleur has been yeah, tabbed. Yeah, yeah. The Wonder Boy. But there is something to be said that's not necessarily always X's and O's, but it's sometimes about <laughs> the, the Jimmy's and Joe's. Joe's. And if you can get them motivated to play or not. And D- Dan Campbell won't. He won't pretend to be some X's and O's guy that is like so meticulous on coming up with the greatest yeah. game plan with the greatest new fad, right? We'll talk about biting your throat innovate. and kneecap. But, but my Lord, do guys and men play for him? Oh, they totally and they do. They play hard for him. He might not even, he probably can't even hold anything close to what Matt LaFleur can when we're talking about scheming game planning. He's a crier. But you know what? They play hard for Dan Campbell, whether they know what they're doing or yeah. not. And listen to Matt LaFleur when he talks. Does he make you want to run through a wall? For no. Him? Here, he makes you question one. what the hell's going on yeah. and, and why are you in charge? Here's LaFleur again. Well, we'll do another clip from him really quick. This is uh, on the loss to the Titans. And before we get to that, again, we were robbed. Um, you know, Thursday night football, short short week, obviously, rest. But you're at home. You're at Lambeau. Rogers talking about how he loves the weather. And by God, I mean, Rogers always seemed to play good in, uh, you know, that conditions weather, like that. That weather isn't good for him now with a broken thumb. Yeah. Cold, that's snowy, under the lights. Rogers in prime time, too, has always been just awesome. I don't know. I mean, Rodgers missed open receivers at the end there. He took a, a sack at an opportune time, obviously. Uh, but my God, speaking of people not wanting to play for Matt LaFleur, what's up with Alan Lazard quitting on routes? What's up with Sammy Watkins qu- quitting on routes? I think Sammy Watkins has an excuse. He might not have known the route. <laughs> I agree with you. He might still be looking at the playbook he had with the freaking Ravens coming over. It was just, it was bad. Now, I know Christian Watson had two touchdowns, but he even quit on a route. Uh, one where he could have been screaming down the field for, uh, and this was earlier in the game, uh, he kind of you know came up lame on it. But Sammy Watkins totally quit on a route. And Alan Lazard not only quit on a route, but the next time they came back to him, he had the ball late in the fourth quarter. And uh, it could have been a catch. It was, what, he, he like... Had it in one arm and then he just dropped it, going out of bounds, and they called it a no catch. Like what the what was that? Um, yeah, it just looked like he quit playing. Yeah, like right. hey, I caught this football. I'm near the I'm near the sideline. He just dropped it. You know, I'm probably gonna go out of bounds or he's gonna attack me, whatever. And then the guy comes up and's like, whoop, knocked it out of his hand. Uh, what are you doing? All right, one more from Lafleur before we uh, dive in here. Here's Lafleur on the loss. 
there was no consistency in terms of being complementary offensively and defensively. Um, obviously, when we needed stops, we couldn't get them. And then when we needed to score, we, and we were getting stops, we couldn't score and didn't take advantage of an interception, didn't take advantage of you know the return to midfield. So you can't do that against good football teams and, and expect to win. How you parlay that Cowboys win into that ab- abomination last night is beyond me. Well, I just think about kind of hearing his tone and his message when he's on the podium. And then I think back to just the celebration after they won against the Dallas Cowboys and him trying to give that, that speech He's crying and, or yeah, like him talking at halftime after they just got their, their, Bills yeah, their again. asses tanned and he was nearly crying out there. And it's like, was he just, he sh- was shooken up. Was he, was he tearing up? Well, he was. I don't get how if you are a grown man that plays a violent sport that 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 gets you going. It, it honestly probably just gets you going. What the hell is going on in here? All right, I want to do. I love this. Um, speaking of emotions, emotions run high. Obviously, Lafleur on where are they at mentally and emotionally now? Sitting at four and seven. We're not in a very good position right now. That's for sure. Um, like I told the guys, like there's no margin for error. Period. And it's not like I know we got a really tough team coming up in Philly. So we're going to get back to work on Monday and try to make some of these corrections. <laughs> yeah, there is no margin for error. You literally have to do everything perfect. And the Packers are anything but. Yeah, if you're lucky, you can lose one more game. One more from the floor. He says, too many mistakes. And I love how uh, it's labeled here. He uses the word frickin'. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's disappointing when you have, whether it's a coverage bust defensively, whether it's a protection bust and or any type of mistake in regards to the mental errors. That's extremely disappointing, especially where we're at in the season. I mean, quite frankly, even when we are all on the same page, we're not executing to the level that we need to. And that's why we're sitting here. Frickin' four and seven. <laughs> oh, frickin', oh, frickin' frickers. Frickin'-y, frickin'-y frickers. I think damn Campbell says frickin'. No, I think he just says it. He just blurts out the F word. Frickin'. My dad would always say frickin', frickin' frickers when, like, we'd be fishing. <laughs> you get a snag. Frickin' frickers. I'm like, what are you frickin' frickers? What's going on here? Uh, real quick, line one, one. Good morning, who's this? Green Bay is home for the holidays. Please. Oh, hey, kid. Charlie, did you watch the game last night? I watched the game. It was on Madison Cable. I listened to it on radio. Oh, the radio. Oh, yeah. You don't get Prime, probably. No, no, I don't. I mean, you can barely work your TV uh, as it is with Charter. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling you, if kid, I, is the season I, over? I, I, is the season over, kid? Yeah, yeah, we're done. Quit fooling ourselves. Now, do we Packers. just uh, what? What? Uh, Packers even deserve an ice house? Yep. No, I think so. No. And you know what? No, we give them Mountain I, Crest. I, you know what? If I all right, uh, one second, kid. All right, we, we just one second, casino kid. All right, Rowdy, you did a little deep dive you in the research department. Yeah, so yesterday we were talking about you know kind of the game plan for the Green Bay Packers or you know what they should do. And and first off, it was stop Derrick Henry. It was make Ryan Tannehill beat you, not let him not beat let you him. like you did last night. But back to the Packers on offense, when we were talking about it, on paper, Tennessee gave up a ton of yards through the air. So you would think that they'd probably be pretty easy to throw on, especially when they're missing Amani Hooker. They're missing Lonnie Johnson. They're missing Bud Dupree. I mean, that's literally a safety, a corner, and a guy that's going to be rushing your quarterback, and they're all pretty good players. Yes. You would think that you'd be able to throw the football, and I said, 
not so fast. I think they still need to establish the run and pound the rock because this team just isn't good enough on the outsides receiver wise to just chuck the football. Yeah. Even, even against a team that isn't that great and they give up a decent amount of yards. It's not like this team is the Falcons or it's not like this team is the Raiders in the secondary. They're still decent, but they give up yards. There's, they were like 21st or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And why I said they had to do that is because you have a young experience. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs is out. Alan Lazard has been banged up. Randall Cobb is just back. Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins. Samari to raise a seventh round pick with an experience. You don't have the team and they played the lions not too long ago. And outside of some, you know, Christian Watson bombs, it's not like they ran wild against them and and threw the football all over. No, no, no. So they weren't going to be, and Detroit's a worse defense passing wise than Tennessee was. So they weren't, it wasn't going to be as easy as we'll just throw the football. They're not good through the air. You had to establish the run. You still had to soften up that defense and and use some play action. Now I went back and looked Uh and the Green Bay Packers are currently four and seven. In That's games in games in which they had won, these are the number of runs that they had per game. 38, 25, 35, 39. That comes out to an average of over oh, 32 uh, 32 rushes per game. Yep. In wins. In losses, 18, 20, <laughs> 20, 12, 31, 25, 19. That's an average of about 21 rushes per game. We were saying this, what, four weeks into the season, Rowdy. And if you And if you take away the Bills game, where the offense actually looks pretty good, but you were playing one of the better teams in the NFL yeah. on the road yeah. in Buffalo, yeah. they had 31 carries in that game. And that was where we thought, hey, this offense has shown a little life. It's coming alive. The next week against the Lions, where they ran up and down the field against the Lions, moved the football, just yeah. figured out every other way under the sun not to score in the red zone. Yeah. 25 carries. All other games in which they've lost, 20 carries or less. If you take those two games against Buffalo and Detroit away, where the offense actually looked competent outside of inside the 10 against Detroit, that's an average of 17 carries a game in losses versus over 32 in wins. And we were talking about this by week four, week five. They Remember had this? 19 carries last night. Because before it'd be like, uh, he wouldn't use Aaron Jones at all. And then all of a sudden we'd be bitching about it. Like, why aren't you using your best player? And then all of a sudden they'd use Aaron Jones and they'd win a game. Be like, okay. And before be like, yeah, we got to do that more. And then he wouldn't. Now, last night, Tennessee controlled the clock, but... Well, at the end of the day, it was really not that difference um, when the game concluded. But how do you control the clock? You run the ball. You use your players, your best players, Aaron Jones, AJ. And Dillon. it makes sense why running the football more for this team is going to be better for them. Yeah. One, arguably, some of your best playmakers are the running backs. Aaron Jones is your best playmaker. Yes. AJ Dillon has the ability to be a playmaker and is probably much higher on the list than guys like Samari Toure and Sammy Watkins for playmaking ability. And Rowdy, when it's cold and snowy at Lambeau field, who wants to get trucked by a guy named Quadzilla? Well, give him the 
I would say even more more of like a six the effect carries. of the cold would be Aaron Rodgers and his broken thumb is going to be more sore yes. and harder to deal with than the cold. It's easier to hand it off than throw the football 50 times. The other reason for that is like I already said, these offensive receivers are not good enough to get open by themselves most of the time. Yeah, Christian Watson is. Not Sammy Watkins. When he's healthy. Sammy Watkins is a shell of what he was in Kansas City in 2019. He can barely run. Randall Cobb is towards the end of his career. Cobb looked decent. Samari Toure is a seventh round pick. Was he even in the game? Like, Alan Lazard is giving up on routes. Uh This is a team where you just can't go out and chuck it. You have to run the football. You have to use play action to help move the eyes of the defenders to give those receivers an extra half step or an extra step to give them opportunities. uh, You have to run the football. And it's not like that game was ever out of hand where it was like, oh, man, the Packers are down 21. We got to abandon the run. Remember the Buffalo game they lost? They were still running the football when they were down 10 points and it was getting late. Later yeah. in that game, Is why it, did you not abandon the run then? But you abandon it now against the Tennessee team. Ugh. Are we are we too smart that we understand this? And Matt Lafleur's too dumb, or is Matt Lafleur and the Packers coaching staff are they are they are they like geniuses and they, they just can't? I don't understand this. How come we can figure it out like but they can, can't? When you're like, how come looking, everyone else can figure it out but the Packers coaching staff? When you're looking at it sometimes over and over and over again, and you're going through all the little details, and I think I can get this way when I'm looking at um, gambling s- some gambling picks, especially when it's baseball, when it becomes a grind, you, and you're looking at the same stats for 15 different games, you and you're going through it, and you're kind of, it's almost like you get tired, yeah. like your eyes get tired, and you're, and you're, Exactly. You're getting too deep into it. And it's like you're almost getting bored to a point because you're doing the same thing over and you're over. Or di- you're getting too far in depth. And you need to take you need to have that other person tap you on the shoulder and say, Hey, Keep it's it time simple. to take a you know, an, an aerial view here. You are yeah, you're too, way you're too up close and you're too, too micro. Go macro. Yeah, I'm dejected, man. I just <laughs> uh, I didn't even call last week. After the amazing, what looks like vintage Rogers performance. Yeah, what happened? Where were you? It wasn't even last week. Oh. It, was, it was it was days ago. I know. Well, I knew that if I called and said maybe they'll turn it around, that I was going to jinx it. But I guess it didn't even matter. Or you I jinxed mean, it by not calling it. I'm blaming you. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Fine. If you want to put this on me and not Aaron Rodgers, blaming you. Mailing, it's your like fault. It's not receiver. Joe. Not Joe Barry. It's not Matt Lafleur. It's Sean's fault. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, yeah. So certainly got to blame those guys. But like. I mean, you saw that crossing route, I still can't get over that. That crossing route by Lazard, I'm somewhere in the fourth quarter. Like, I, I feel like just about any quarterback in the NFL could hit that throw. He wasn't rushed. He was just, ah, man. <laughs> Dude, it's over. It's over, Sean. 30 years of, of, of elite quarterback play. I mean, I'm still a Rodgers guy, but, it, I mean, this is a peek into the future. It's done. Me, I, I agree. I agree. But I'm look, still doing I mean, ayahuasca I, circle with them. No, no, like, but come on. When did we start this conversation? Like four or five weeks ago? I actually am okay with all of this because I think they're going to be eliminated soon, right? Like mathematically eliminated in the next week or two, probably. And then great. You dump Rodgers on IR, say his thumb is really bad and he can't play. And you bring Jordan Love out. You just know what you have then. It sucks. Ben's I wish fist we were in there. eight and two and whatever, but we aren't. Okay, let's see here. The Packers have... Uh... A 5% chance currently of making the playoffs and a 0.2% chance of winning the division. Well, I mean, yeah, they're not going to win the division. 
literally, I think they'd have to run the table and the Vikings would have to lose to some pretty bad teams. So I, fine. Okay, you if know. they beat the Eagles and then they beat the Bears, it goes up to 26% of making the playoffs. And 1% of this on like 538? Yeah, 538. Don't ask them about oh, elections. Yeah, they're yeah. very good at projecting things. Not at elections, but this isn't an election. Uh, yeah, I, okay. Look, I'll tell you what. If they beat the Eagles, if they when? beat the, they, they they beat beat the Bears. If they beat the Eagles and the Bears, then I will happily call in and say, let's go, baby. I'll be back on the Packers playoff train. But but right now you're uh, six feet from the edge and you're about to jump or what? Yeah, I maybe, maybe six I don't feet know, ain't so far I, down? I was so sad. Like, I just <laughs> turned it off and I was like, damn it. I watched the, the whole Packers damn game, dude. I, I watched the whole game. I, I consumed I it all. I did, you're I welcome, did. Jeff Bezos. I, I just, like, ah! Scream. Just scream. Give me a guttural scream into the abyss. Ah! 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 feel better? Probably not. Uh, well, I mean, a little bit, sure. <laughs> but you know what? Let's, let's, let's focus on the positive, right? We got Watson looking great. Yeah. Josh Dwight Love called him the second coming of Randy Moss. It's just like, it'll be, it'll be fine. This is what I, we don't need excellent quarterback play if you've got receivers who are so wide open. All you have to do is throw it within three yards of them. Wow. <laughs> that was the case I, in the fourth quarter last night. God bless America. Just, I mean, just, just, is there just, anything just, more depressing than watching him throw that ball away at the end? Like that, that Allen was like, I'm just throwing it, airmailing it 20 yards and just giving up on fourth down. I say Alan Lazard quit on the road. I, that too. I mean, that's a, that is a whole nother problem, but just like. Alan Lazard quit on the road. He, if he would have kept running, like Roger's been stressing all season, we would have been there. Different story. Oh, they weren't on the same page. They were. Oh, yeah. They were on the wrong page. They weren't seeing eye to eye spiritually. Yeah. Well, they haven't been doing the what you call it together. The ayahuasca, Sean. It's called yeah, ayahuasca. Sorry, I'm not. DMT is the you. active ingredient in it that makes you trip balls. Yeah. Well, look. I guess. I guess he's more focused on tripping balls than throwing balls today. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that, okay, that's a good one. Um, I was gonna say, give me something positive, but that was funny. Let's end on a high note. Sean, we love you, buddy. All right, boys, have a good weekend. <laughs> All right, I'm done with this Rodgers slander. Hell yeah, let's go, Rowdy. What was Aaron Rodgers' worst season up until this year? 2018. What did he grade out as Top in 15. 2018? Top he, was, 15. he was the 12th best quarterback in the league. And then, quote, my down years is what most quarterbacks pray for. Do you think he's playing better or worse than 2018? Better. Is he older or yes, younger? Yes, do it before me, Rowdy. Give is, me is he older or younger? He's older. All okay. the times undefeated. So you would think that it would be naturally a decline, but he's not playing as bad as he did in 2018. Yes. Rowdy's got his, his foot up right now, too. He's like, he's relaxed. <laughs> he's feeling it. Would you not say his weapons are worse than 2018? They're worse. Does he not have a broken thumb? He does. Allegedly. <laughs> he had a broken we, leg you, in 2018. Where is he grading out right now, if you had to say? Top 12? Yes. At the end of the year, will he be top 12 again? Yes. So it's still arguably not his worst year. It's with Will Flores' fault! With a broken thumb. Sounds like excuses. And, and lesser weapons that haven't been healthy. Did he go 8 of 16 for 60 yards and zero points on the final four drives when the Packers could have won the game and missed open Did they not run Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon? I'm not against playing Jordan Love and seeing what you have once you're officially eliminated. Maybe that's in three weeks, but it's not right now. Again, I'm back on the Rodgers he's train. probably still top 12 in the NFL. Sean People keep calling for Jordan Rogers. Love. You don't know what he is, but I'll tell you this. The odds say he's not top 12. But who made throws in the fourth quarter last night? They quit on the routes. 
Ryan Tannehill did. That they let him. And he was my number two. defense let him. Aaron Rodgers had a good half. Cool. He was awesome. He stunk in the fourth quarter. They quit on the route. See, Ben wants Aaron Rodgers yeah, ben, out of here because yeah, he's to lose an Eagles, Eagles fan. I want him to play well. Bull, you want him to lose to the Eagles with Jordan Love starting. No, Rodgers is going to beat the Eagles because he has that all right, there weird. We, all right, there we go. Hell yeah. weird like, all right, I'm down. Now I'll play well. But They're not dead yet. He stunk in the fourth quarter last night. No, they quit on the route. Everyone that keeps saying he's done are the same people that wanted to move on in 18. Yeah, and they're losers. And then he won two effing MVPs. Cool. This year, he's not playing well. <laughs> he's he still in the, the top Cowboys. 12. Get out of here. It's a down year with less weapons, and he's hurt, and he's still in the top 12. A 94.7 rating. And, and he's even older than he was in 18. Oh, my outro song's finished. Well, was... and he's making all the money, so you can't pay anybody He else. was making all the money in 18, too. Rodgers is... <sighs> I don't know what the point is. This I, is, this is just as ludicrous. As in the fact you okay. want to move on... Jordan Love stinks! The odds that Jordan Love is going to be top 10 are not good. All right, we're... I'm not saying Love's going to be good. I'm just saying Rodgers... And I'm not against playing Love when they're officially eliminated. I like this version of Rodgers. I like this Rodgers. To say Rodgers is shot and to say that he's washed is just dumb. He played poorly last night in the fourth... Like, they could have won if he They quit on the routes. They quit on the routes. He's playing with Sammy Watkins that doesn't know all of the routes or forgets them. Watson was open all night. He stopped running two on all his routes. Lazard quit routes. Sammy Watkins... Watson hasn't been healthy. Watkins hasn't been healthy. That's right. Cobb hasn't been healthy. You're correct, Ben. It is always someone it's else. Dobbs hasn't else. That's been right. healthy. That's right. That's right. Don't forget it. Samari oh, Toure is Captain Casual. Samari, the, Joe Barry's an idiot. Matt LaFleur's a bumbling can't fool. Get on the field. Aaron Rodgers. Adams plays in you know Vegas. What? Give Rodgers more money. Give the tight more ends, money. The tight end's average age is practically you know to where the point that they can file for Social Security. Ben, you're ridiculous. Ridiculous. Are the Eagles not the best team in the NFC right now? Likely. Yes. A.J. Brown, is he a number one receiver on the Packers? Easily. Devontae Smith, is he a number one receiver on the Packers? Probably. Dallas Goddard, when healthy, is he not the number one tight end on the Packers? You're trying to make the argument, Rodgers. No, no, no. no Are those top three that I just named not better than any option Aaron Rodgers has right now? Likely. Is the Eagles offensive line not way better and more consistent than the Packers this season? Do you want to know why they have no, all no, those no. players? Just answer my questions. Do you want to know why they have all those players? I asked it's you a question. Hertz is on a rookie uh, contract and they can Sir, pay. we're on a time crunch. Yes, their line is better. <laughs> Who would you rather have at quarterback? He'll answer for you. A healthy Aaron Rodgers or Jalen Hurts? Right now, Jalen Hurts. I said a healthy Aaron Rodgers with those weapons. Jalen Hurts. He can You're ridiculous. Ball. All right, we're there's no he's way this season. There's no yeah, and I get that, but ah! he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's he didn't not throw three goal line picks to lose him a game. All right, Jabronis, we're back four to six tonight at Pooley's. We'll see you there. This ben, is ridiculous. I might come hang out for that. Come on down, baby. Happy hour is amazing. Yeah. Ah!